You are listening to the regular version of Sexy Marriage Radio, smrnation.com. You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex happens in the marriage bed. Here's your host, Dr. Corey Allen. Well, welcome back to another episode of Sexy Marriage Radio, where, once again, baby, we go where the SMR Nation wants to go. We're here. And we try to uh, tie up some loose ends uh, from episode 555. I'm just giving a quick little teaser of where we're going. Uh, A couple of different things that came up from the show two weeks ago, so we'll dive into some of those in just a little while. But uh, what we want to know from the SMR Nation is what's going on with you? Because here here it is in the middle of winter. You know, it's cold. If you're up north, it's been cold. Mm-hmm. Uh, just looking at the temperature. Yeah. <laughs> but hopefully you're still staying warm. And you got a ways to heat up your relationship, uh, keep it exciting, um, still feel connected all throughout. Mm-hmm. And if you are getting caught up on something or you have found a trick or a tip that really does help, we want to help spread that. And let mm-hmm. us know at 214 702 9565 it's where you can call our voicemail line, get to the front of the line, and leave a question or a comment or something you may want to add to a conversation that's been going on. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where we're trying to steer the conversations to have more of a dialogue from the entirety of the nation. Appreciate that. Because there's a lot already happening on our platform at my.smrnation.com. Um, and so let's bring some of that forward and have even more dialogues. And we also ask you to help us spread the word. Um, Jump on iTunes, rate and review, leave a comment. And that way everybody gets to hear about Sexy Marriage Radio and what's going on. That's the goal. And so we've mentioned this before, Mm -hmm. that uh, June 23rd through the 25th in Mm -hmm. Indianapolis, Indiana, is this year's Sexy Marriage Radio getaway. That's right. And rather than us talking about it, we're going to let some of the words from some people that have come before talk about it yeah a couple a couple reviews we have uh testimonies this one says i'm so impressed by the things i've learned that have more to do with more that have more to do with myself than about my husband or us as a couple i'm excited to get home and begin the work of the long game <laughs> that was a phrase that was used a lot uh-huh. um, of how marriage is a long game this is from a that says at the very least this conference helped us have a framework to discuss and move our development forward in creating a more open and intimate relationship together. And we have another that says, this getaway is set up well for learning new things about relating in marriage as well as a refresher course. Having plenty of couple time and not being stuck in meetings the whole time rounds it out perfectly. And that's a strategic decision we've made. Right. We want it to actually be a getaway for you guys and have some Fun. And we've landed on a really good framework, I think, that, that works, that allows mm-hmm. some really good content, some really good discussions and dialogues between your spouse and you, and then other couples as well, because mm-hmm. you get to meet some other cool people that will be there, but then a lot of time just for yourselves. Right. And, and so then this is the last one. This is really one of those things that speaks to me in the sense that um, there's a heart behind what we do that says my husband and I were sponsored which we've had some great generous members of the nation mm-hmm. that have off called up and said hey we want to get somebody that hasn't had a chance to go so we're yeah. currently going through a really rough patch she gave him the ring back the whole nine yards and when we weren't talking sleeping in separate rooms 
God put it in my heart. We need to go to the getaway. I didn't know what that meant, except especially since I couldn't even look at him. Well, two days later, Corey emailed me about someone sponsoring us, and I knew in my spirit that that was God. So, so God. He knew we needed this. We needed the weekend, and it's entirely, it has entirely been a testimony for us for how good God is. For the first time since April of 2021, I have hope. Thank you, guys. So it's just very, very cool to think how many times people can be coming in really bad spots, too. Mm-hmm. And a chance to get away, a chance to get a different framework, hear from a lot of other people, mm-hmm. kind of get an idea that, you know what, you're not alone in the struggle. And that's what we try to do here with the Sex Image Radio each and every week. Yeah. And the getaway is just a deep dive into that. So if you're interested, come to smrnation.com forward slash getaway. Sign up now, June 23rd through the 25th. And registration is filling up fast, and the early bird rate goes away April 15th. So we hope to see you there. Well, coming up on today's regular free version of Sexy Marriage Radio, it's a couple of your questions and some follow-up from the time before on the episode 555, uh, It's My Body, mm-hmm. particularly on that one segment. There's some follow-up and okay. some questions that, we, that we're going to dive into. And then on the extended content of Sexy Marriage Radio today, which is deep, deeper, longer, and there are no ads, you can subscribe at smrnation.com forward slash smracademy. We're going to... Again, follow up the conversation we did on the world of trauma in that episode. But we're going to pivot a little bit, as we often are prone to do with with SMR. Okay, is this from a call or a... And there's some feedback that's come in, and then we're going to go at it from a slightly different framework. Okay. So all that's coming up on today's show. Hi there, my name is Audrey, and I'm calling to uh, mention something that stood out to me from the last episode. It's my body. Um, the phone call from the gal who said it's my body, is it was kind of a difficult um, message to listen to for me. I'm not going to lie. But something that stood out to me, and I, I don't know what her level of faith is, but just the line, it's my body. Um, I'm guessing that probably a lot of your listeners are believers. And so in the Bible, it talks about, when we're married, we become one flesh. And that should never be something that's taken advantage of, but it's also a perspective that is different from the world. And so I'm just curious. I don't know if I've ever heard you address this on an episode, but I'm curious what you would have to say to that because in marriage, it's no longer just about you. So every decision that one person makes impacts the other. And so how does that play into her saying, it's my body? Um, I know there's things in marriage that I do that it may just be chores or it may be a meal that I make or things that I wouldn't do if I wasn't married to my husband. But I am and I love him and I care about him. So I choose to make those choices because I know it's in his best interest. And so how do we bring that into sex, I guess, is what I'm asking. And then she also talks about it being special. And I was, I was just thinking about it in terms of meals. Like you have a special meal, like you might have your favorite meal on your birthday or something like that. But I definitely make all of my food taste good. Like every time I sit down to eat, I plan on fully enjoying it. I plan on it being good. And so within sex, there are, there is sex that is maybe not as special because it's not, you don't maybe have a time or the location or it's quick because you've got 
you know, kids that need you, that it's still good. And then those, there are those, those times when it's very special. So it doesn't diminish it being special at all. So, and I think you guys covered that very well and touched on it, but that's what I compared it to. So there's a couple things in here. One, she's talking about the the caller that was the idea of mm-hmm. if we have it too often, it's no longer special. Mm-hmm. And then the other is what do you do with the biblical concept of one flesh, mm-hmm. of leave and cleave and become one flesh, Genesis mm-hmm. chapter two, <clears throat> and then referred to several times in the New Testament mm-hmm. by Paul and some of his writings. But I want to start with the latter and then we'll go to the former Okay. of the, how do you do it special? Because I love the framework because this plays out between you and I of the difference in how we approach sex and also the differences in how we approach food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> One's a cool. higher desire. <laughs> I'm definitely on the one higher desire other, for food, yep. yes. And vice versa. So, so I, loved her, I loved her comparison with the meal planning. That that makes sense to me. <laughs> Absolutely, it does. And it's, sometimes it's very beneficial to recognize um, what's a corollary to the one that you have that's attention. As like if I'm the higher desire for sex, which is which I am, okay, which it's on my mind, s- similar to like food could be on your mind, okay, which is true, yes, because I, I don't I don't sit and think about my food and and plan ahead and but I do and absolutely she does, um, so sometimes just having a correlation to realize okay wait you do the same thing in this arena I do it in this arena mm-hmm. now we have a better framework to recognize the plight between us. Well, okay, yes, but to go back to that original caller, when she's talking about, I make my food to taste good, mm-hmm. right? When I'm making a meal, I don't do it just to get it out of the way or make it a quickie. Mm-hmm. I make it to taste good. Mm-hmm. And that's because I, I've i got a, a spouse that I want him to have something that tastes good. Right. Right. Um, that doesn't diminish the value or the specialness. Right. And so the corollary can work when it comes to sex on the higher desire. Make sure it's a pleasurable, good experience Mm -hmm. on both accounts, that it's not just one-sided, that that's a great framework to to look at how that plays out. But I think it's also a good framework to look at how do I approach it, like she's Mm -hmm. describing. But then let's go to the former of her comment of what about the one flesh? Because this is one of those things that gets caught up and, and in some ways gets weaponized when it comes to mar- Christian marriages, religious marriages. In some ways, yeah. Because scriptures can be something that call us to something better and higher in ourselves, out of ourselves, mm-hmm. God's kingdom. But it also, scriptures have been used as weapons mm-hmm. to put obligation on my spouse to pressure my spouse and become spiritually abusive even at mm-hmm. times on no but it says this and it's don't deny each other and all mm-hmm. that. and it's like okay you got to keep everything in context first and foremost when you're talking about scripture usage mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but you also have to recognize when you're talking about one flesh i personally believe that is not a sexual reference only right i think it's an entity mm-hmm. Uh, and the corollary in there, and I don't know if we have talked about this on the show before. I've talked about this on some of the coaching calls in the academy. Mm-hmm. But I personally believe the one flesh mindset is more a reference to the sexual union of 
you actually are attached to one another mm-hmm. anatomically. Mm-hmm. But it also is one, two people create one thing when you procreate. Or multiple things if you have twins, triplets. Well, there's that. Beyond. But, okay. But you, it's, it's the two ent- entities create one. And I think that's it. I think that fits into this framework. But I think we have to s- spill it out further, like she's describing, of we become one emotionally, spiritually, intellectually, financially, across the board. Because what, you, what I do impacts you and vice versa. When okay. we become one, one entity together. Okay. Because we create a household. We create, I mean, if you follow a lot of the tradition that's particularly been in the West, you even give up a last name. Right. That's mm-hmm. I mean, that's what you did. That's did. not all. Not all women do. You know, that's this is not a judgment on either side. But no. it's just that's kind of the side. That's a manner or a a, a step that shows symbol a symbol. Of, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's what I was looking for. That that shows this is something we are creating together. Mm-hmm. That we're establishing together. And and so I I think of this as. When you start talking about what does this mean and how does this really play out if I have a, if I'm coming from a faith-based tradition I think that it does put impetus on the fact that sex is a part of marriage. Mm-hmm. It's an expectation in a sense that that's the one place it takes place where it does not take place in any of the other relationships we've got. Mm-hmm. But it also symbolizes we're, we're we're called to something more. We're sharing ourselves, we're creating something bigger. And what we create and establish together. But I don't cease. It does not give me license to your body. Right. Because while the scriptures, and this is the one thing that I wanted to at least land on for sure, the scriptures do make reference because culturally at the time of the, the writings of, of the scripture, slavery was a reality. Mm-hmm. And so it does talk about that. Slaves honor your masters. Mm-hmm. But it does not ever condone slavery or encourage slavery which sometimes if we weaponize scripture that's actually what's being done okay because it's basically saying i have a right to your body okay so therefore it's mine and i think if we look at that as a bell curve if we go too far we are way into the extremes that that's out of context that's now demeaning that's not looking at a person as a child of god calling them to something more mm-hmm. and also giving them the choice to what do I want to do? Do I want to give myself to you and enjoy the meal you've created for me? Mm-hmm. Or do I just want to eat it begrudgingly? Mm-hmm. And so it's just recognizing, I think there's a tension that's here, but we got to keep it in context because it's not an edict saying, this is a demand that must be done. It's more of a framework that calls us to something more. So this is an email that's been in the queue for a little while from a wife that says, I've been married for 20 years. My husband and I have sex about once a week, and it's only if I, the wife, initiate it. My husband has told me he gives up because he wants it more than I do. He stopped being affectionate with me throughout the day and tells me that if I want sex, I know where he's at. It makes me feel like I'm the only one responsible at this point for sex in our marriage. I feel as though he truly doesn't care about me because he puts forth no effort and has clearly stated that to me. But then he's very clear on he's de- he'd definitely have more sex if I, did, if I did it more. What do I do? Because I genuinely love making love to him, but I feel as though he resents me for not making love more. 
Thank you for the show. It's amazing. So here's the tension that some major moves have been made (laughs) that aren't necessarily uh, coming from the good and the best. Yeah. Um, So back up, because I think maybe I missed something here. He resents her for not having sex more. But he's one that's not... But he's not initiating? His his move has been, well, you know I'm interested, so the ball's in your court. Because he's the higher desire and he's sick of getting turned down. Right. Okay. So he's now made the call of, I'm not going to make any moves on this. It's It's all up to you. For some reason, I thought it said in there that she was the higher desire. No, she loves having sex with him. Uh, okay, maybe that's but where I. Not she's not the one that head. initiates it. Okay, so she does like, it. and this is that this is that framework that I we've heard from several different people throughout the years of SMR, Pam. That um, they are the lower desire when it comes to initiating sex in their marriage, but they want to be pursued by their higher desire spouse. They want to, they want, they enjoy, sex. they enjoy it. They, they just don't want it. to seek it to the level their spouse uh-huh. does, but their spouse doesn't get it as much as they want. So the, so now they make the move of, well, then I'm done. And sometimes it's a covert move, but it sounds like this husband has said, yeah, I'm not initiating it anymore. So when you want it, you know where I am. Okay. Which is a that's a bad move. That that's it's a fascinating move to me. Why is that fascinating? Because it's self defeating for both of you. Right. It, right. Because it's not an integrity move. No, it's not. And it's it's a pity party move. It's a it's a lower than. It's a one down. It's I mean, there's a lot of things in there that's just like really. And talk about something that's a desire killer right there. Yeah. Um, okay, but we've got to just speak to her, right? right? Cause she's the one emailing in. We can't speak to him and his moves. So there's two things that jump out. One or, or, or two phrases she makes. The first one is, is it makes me feel like I'm the only one responsible at this point for sex in our marriage, which is true. Based off of what he said. Yeah. The way, the way it is unfolded. It is. She's the only one responsible for it actually happening. Okay. Granted there, the dynamic and the tension and the pre and the, and the erotic between you, the interplay between you, could still maybe manifest itself. But the mm-hmm. actual having of it, it sounds like it's completely her responsibility. Okay. So that is true. She's accurate in that statement yep. in the way she's framing it. Yeah. So then she follows the next sentence is, I feel as though he truly doesn't care about me because he puts forth no effort. And he's clearly stated that. Which, he's clearly stated that he doesn't care or that he's gonna, not going to put forth any effort. Well, and that's that's what she. I think she has to delineate between. She doesn't care. He doesn't care about her, or he doesn't care about initiating the sex. Because could he be demonstrating care in other ways? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes we take these things, and this is one of those tensions that happens when we overreact to the dynamic, and it not unfolding the way we hope it would or wish it would. We overreact to realizing, okay, wait, they're just in, they are rejecting sex. They're not rejecting the entirety of me. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's an incredibly fine line mm-hmm. because they haven't distinguished between those two of, you know what? They still do like me. They still do love me. They want to do life with me. They're just not interested in sex as much as I am. 
or the way I am or when I am or whatever. I mean, so sometimes it's beneficial to put some qualifiers on those questions to be more accurate and to shore myself up to realize, okay, so what is it that keeps her as the lower desire initiator if she really does enjoy it? That's a good question to ask herself. Yeah, I mean, that's perfectly valid. And and I, the question... Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm kind of thinking down the road. Well, okay. So what are you going to do now? If the if the ball's in your court and you've got to initiate to make something happen, okay. What are you going to do? Really, what is the what is the ultimate dilemma here of the next step? Okay. So here's here's the way it's framed from from what she's written. Okay. This is what I'm reading as her map. Yeah. She knows the ball's in her court. But she also knows he harbors resentment when it's not according to his wishes. Mm-hmm. So therefore, he has not truly given up the reins. Because he's he's he not wants pursuing to be in, in a positive. He's pursuing in a negative. Mm-hmm. I don't get what I want. I'll punish you, rather than me seeking what I want. And he doesn't even see the forest for the trees that he's punishing himself. True, but for her move, I think one of the best things she can do is recognize, okay, so in some regards, there needs to be a phrase that might be something similar to, okay, honey, so just so we're clear, you want sex more than I do. I do enjoy sex when we have it. So you've basically given the reins to me to make it happen, but you punish me when it doesn't happen according to the way you want it. So therefore, you haven't given me the reins. So just be clear. If you're not going to make any moves on this or pursue our sex life, it's going to be according to what I want. Just, just so we're, under, just bring just it so out, we're on the same page. Bring it right out in the open. We'll okay. have it when I'm interested then. Okay. And just kind of see how that, because sometimes that over, the covert things, are, that's what wreaks the most havoc. That's a good clarification. And when you can bring yep. it out into the overt, sometimes then that, that puts the pressure cleaner on each shoulders to realize, okay, honey, you have, you have a choice of you punish me because you don't get it the way you want, or you make moves because it's what you want. That's your, that's your frame. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mine is I accept what you're interested in and coming after, or I seek out what I'm interested in, but I am going to, if I feel like I'm being treated poorly because it's not according to your terms, I'm going to start telling you so. Right. And then at least you shift the dynamic because then she starts to recognize, okay, how are my moves in line with my character and what I want? Not what he wants necessarily. I take influence from that, but he doesn't get to be the sole determinant for me. I was going to say that it's funny. That kind of goes back to the last subject we were just on the, and the lady calling in about, mm-hmm. you know, I take into account what my husband likes. If I'm making something for dinner... I take into account if he does does or doesn't like something. Right. Right. And so I think it is it is good in a relationship to try and think about what is it that my spouse likes if it's in the sexual arena? What does turn them on? And maybe we try and go there. Um but I also have to look at me. What do I enjoy? What turns me on? What gets me going? What how's what makes me have that connection and go from there? That's from the best in her. So try that. What is it? Examine it. 
Yeah, but but it's it's the willingness on top of that, Pam. It's also the willingness to just call out the dynamic cleaner between you. Agreed. Because when you can do that, then you at least have leveled the frame, the grant, the groundwork between you. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden, when he does pout or get upset or show any kind of a resentful move or comment about it, you can at least claim it better and say, okay, so you're saying you would have liked to have had sex again last night. Okay. Well, let's at least then let me know. I'm interested. You know that too. Mm-hmm. And now at least you you have a better dialogue about the tension so you can both approach it better and it's not as personal. And and then it's not mounting and mounting and mounting where it's this giant elephant tromping through the house, tearing everything down. Call it out as you see it in a non-elevated and escalated tone. Right. And maybe we can actually have a conversation and really get somewhere. Right. Right? Right. Well, this this let's end it with this because this reminds me of... Um, years ago, Pam, you probably remember this when I was heading off for a, a conference for a week and as the evening was winding on, our kids were littler. So we actually had a bedtime routine for them and they mm-hmm. would be in bed early <laughs> and right. we had an evening and I just made a comment of, Hey, you know, you're not going to have access to this for a full five days. So you might want to take advantage of that tonight. And you're right. like, Oh, okay. And you kind of gave a one of those sophisticated, yeah, I'm okay with that without necessarily shooting it down nor saying, yeah, let's go. You know, it's kind of that, yeah, I'm good it's, it, 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 with it unfolding that way. Right. And then the evening went on and you fell asleep and we wake up in the morning and I'm like, um, what gives? You know, because I had thought I'd already made my move. Gotcha. That was my framework where I was wrong. And you're like, I was like, I thought we were going to have sex last night. And you're like, yeah, no, you didn't, you didn't make a move. And I'm like, yeah, I did well no I really didn't did I you know and it was just kind of that's the level at which this unfolds is sometimes we get in our own way mm-hmm. that our partner's interested but it still has to be something overt and intentional to get it into that arena completely it's not just a suggestion of the thought mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes it always happen someone right. still has to lead towards it yeah. And there's an interplay that plays out there with couples all the time. There's got to be actions in addition to the words. Exactly. Hey, Corey, responding to episode 555, uh, the woman um, about the specialness of sex, scarcity and abundance. And there's just so many ways that scarcity and abundance can come into that conversation. And one that came to mind uh, was just around the types of sex and how sex can look. And thinking of uh, Ian Kerner's book about uh, about sex scripts and uh, tell me the last time uh, you had sex um, and how it, the sex scripts could be creating this sense of scarcity when in the whole combinations of what sex can look like, there can be such a huge abundance in that. And just bringing that aspect into the conversation with her. And we're going to leave it at that because the framework of scarcity and abundance, that it's a good way to look at all of life. There's everything is short and I don't have enough of it, or we live in an abundant world where there's plenty to go around. Two totally different aspects. And I think history has shown we live in an abundant world. Yeah, it does. (laughs) There's a lot to go around. Mm -hmm. 
Well, this has been Sexy Marriage Radio. If we left something undone or we need to keep going with something, we want you to join into our conversation. 214-702-9565. Feedback at sexymarriageradio.com. You can even create a little audio of your voice. Send it in and help round out our conversation because we all are better when everybody's involved. We'll see you next time.